Hey there, welcome to the Obio podcast. I am Sophia, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at SophiaSH underscore. And in this episode, our guest is Rahul Rana. He is a venture builder and investor with specialties in finance and astrophysics. This year, he was a summer associate at Lux Capital, a $4 billion deep tech venture capital firm. He is also the author of Making Moonshots, which is a deep dive into the mindsets, philosophies, and strategies that moonshot companies take. In this episode, I'm super excited to learn about the venture capital world from him and also about his personal journey, you know, in both moonshots and a little bit of what he knows of the biotech world because at Lux, he was obviously dealing with these kinds of companies. So I also see him as a very good role model for young people who want to either get started in DC or in any other moonshot um, goal they have. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey, Rahul, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate your time and I'm excited to learn from you. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that my first question for you is why astrophysics? Have you always liked it? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, really, my astrophysics kind of interest, it, it, it comes in like two forms. So one was just being a space nerd growing up. You know, I love the sci-fi movies and, you know, like, the Avengers and, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, all these you know, different movies, but also things like Interstellar and The Martian oh, cool. and, you know, uh, various other you know, sci-fi, Star Wars, etc. And so, you know, space, I just always loved it growing up. Space nerd, I, you know, my, my, my dad would you know, bring me to, you know, observatories and then we'd get like, you know, I'd have like toys and things about space. Like, it was just, you know, something I liked growing up. And then on the other side, um, my dad actually, again, uh, who I just mentioned, he, he, he works at Bell Labs, and for those who don't know Bell Labs, it's this you know, very, very historic you know, research lab in, in New Jersey, and you know, tons and tons of breakthroughs, so many inventions, so many innovations came out of it. It's, it's super, super impactful. Um, and, and all the research that came out of Bell Labs, like, there's some really, really impactful kind of things that have changed the world as we know it. Um, I like to say that you know, every, everything that we you know, hold close to ourselves like, to this day, it, it, in, in some way, it traces back to Bell Labs, whether it's you know, semiconductors, whether it's you know, things with uh, you know, space and satellites and all these things. So, um, really, really cool history. And nonetheless, <laughs> um, one of the things that Bell Labs is famous for is that they have this um, observatory and, and they did a lot of like, you know, uh, astronomy research sort of, you know, in, in, in the last century. And so, um, I remember uh, they, they, they have this giant, giant satellite in, in, in sort of their, in, in the backyard of their lab, actually. actually in the backyard of one of their secondary labs, not even their headquarters, and um, it's called the Hornet Tent. If anyone's interested, and I like, I just remember going to it and, and hearing about all the stories of you know the research and you know like Albert Einstein did some some cool stuff there and all these different people. So again, super inspiring and and, and sort of combination of those two things is I was like, all right, like I love space. I'm gonna be investing in space. I'd love to build a space startup one day, maybe like. Obviously, if you have a background, like yeah, I wrote a book on moonshot companies. So <laughs> moonshot, obviously, yeah, the the, the sort of the um, sort of the, the classic kind of analogy of you know, making deep tech companies. Yeah. My life is just you know, sort of surrounded by, or, or, or I, I sort of yeah, I'm surrounded by all things space related. So I was like, all right, let me let me understand this on like a physical level. Yeah. That's super cool. You're actually one of those kids who are taking their passion from like a young age to the yeah. present. I love that. Mm -hmm. And tell me more now, like fast forward to the future, uh, about Lux. Why, among all the VC firms, what is it about it that 
I guess, inspired you to even enter and work there? Yeah, of course. So, so I would, you know, just finished up a year of interning at Lux and what I like about Lux, honestly, is that they, 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 they have like a genuine passion and interest for scientists and, and doing risky things and hard things. And again, moonshots at the end of the day. I mean, you know, some of the companies that they funded is just incredible. And they, they truly just put their money worth their mouth. It's like literally they, they invest in you know, everything from space manufacturing to mind control to you know, drugs that save you know, human lives and stuff. And you know, at the end of the day, everything that, that, that Lux invests in, um, they just sort of have this one saying that everything that they invest in like, reduces human suffering to some extent. And I actually do see that it's, it's very clear in the portfolio companies that they, that they sort of back and founders that they work with that everything has some sort of worldly impact. And, and, and that's really what I really like about that. So you believe in that, I guess, even vision or mission of reducing human, uh, human suffering? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, everyth everything that I've ever sort of done has sort of revolved around that, sort of when I got into like the startup game. So, you know, work, writing my book, right? I wrote a book on moonshot companies. That's literally companies that solve big problems in the world. Then I, I worked at Lux and, and I sort of interned there. And, again, I was helping tons of founders and, and tons of people, again, who are just trying to solve these big problems in the world, whether it's, you know, climate change or going to space or, again, undruggable sort of, uh, you know, diseases and things like that. And I'm um, just, you know, super inspiring. Like, People are actually doing good in the world. And then contrary to popular belief, like doing good in the world is actually very profitable. And these startups are doing amazingly well in terms of you know, being like an actual business. Um, so it's you know, this really cool kind of intersection between you know, business and, and, and sort of entrepreneurship and everything, and also you know, science and, and tech and you know, advanced science and advanced tech and whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, and you know, going forward, I'm going to be you know, doing some, some cool things. I'm building this from BioLab and, and, and working on some various other projects and stuff, which are all you know, confidential at the moment, so I can't really talk about too much. But nonetheless, you, know, you get the point. Like, everything I'm ever doing has always been around to again, reduce human suffering to some extent, whether it's through biology or investing in companies that are doing you know, amazing things or writing about things like that and sort of inspiring people. Um, so yeah. I love that. And also, I remember, you know, that you shared part of your story when you were, before entering university, that you were applying to lots of them and uh, suddenly life took you through another path. So how did you see that? How did you maybe cope with that? I don't know if, uh, yeah, just that change, you know? Of course. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, that's a great question. I mean, um, I mean, like, for those who don't know my sort of background, yeah, I was... You know, dude, I, obviously, I'm doing all the right things in high school and stuff, and you know, I was super, super excited to get to apply to colleges, and then, you know, life happened, and I got rejections from all my dream schools, and it, it, it sort of, I mean, like, that that sort of that moment brought me actually to startups and to VC, and, and I actually, I, that's how we got into the, the, this sort of world and stuff, and so, yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, how we go with it, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I would be, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't sort of, you know, hurt <laughs> initially, like, it, it was definitely, you know, it took a toll on me, you know, mentally, physically, and everything. Because again, like, as, as high school students, I'm, I'm sure you know, like, you just <laughs> want to get into that, that, that college and sort of you know, tie. You, I mean, I, I, I sort of tied my self worth and, and everything to it, which was obviously unhealthy and shouldn't do that. Nonetheless, um, you know, I was in this, 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 you know, this kind of this kind of depressed kind of phase, and what, what got me out of it was sort of tapping into again the, my, my my childhood curiosities, right? Deep tech, right? Advanced science, all these different things. And I just realized that I could actually do some good in the world no matter where I come from, whether it's, you know, a top university or my state school that I'm currently at. And so, yeah, the rest is history. I, I just, you know, sort of, was I felt empowered at the end of the day that, you know, there, there's there's so many cool, like, uh, there's this one quote I really, really like. It's from Arthur C. Clarke, you know, famous kind of sci-fi person. And he says that, you know, the future is here. It's just, it's just unevenly distributed. So essentially what he's saying is that, um, all these you know, cool advancements and all these cool solutions, whether it's in you know, technology or science or 
research or whatever it may be, it's all here. It's just you know, all around the world. And and I want I want to sort of make my my life's kind of you know, my life's impact to sort of you know unlock those those things that are all around the world. Whether it's again solving climate, all the things I mentioned before, solving climate change, you know, doing things in biology, just you know, reducing human suffering to some extent, bringing us to space, or making new computing um, computing platforms, or you know, making you know, manufacturing and supply chains and all these things again you know, way more easier and more effective and, and, and sort of uh, way, way more streamlined. And again, tons and tons of problems in the world. There's, there's no shortage of things to solve. And I just want to be the one to sort of find the right, you know, the core technology, core science behind it, and sort of build cool things. Um, so, yeah. Huh. And I wonder also, um, you linked this article that I really like called The Great Online Game in your website. And I wonder if that sort of idea of hustling opportunities, you know, outside the traditional way in an unconventional online way, did that help you get to Lux to where you are now? And yeah, so I mean, absolutely. I mean, the way I even got my, my book publishing opportunity was just by being online and again, putting myself out there. I like to, I like to call it maximizing serendipity. Or you know what I mean by that is just like you know putting good energy and and just like good content and just like good everything out into the world and you'll realize you'll get that in return and so you know when I started being active online I started noticing that tons of people would you know sort of engage with all the, the content I put out there you know tons of people would follow me I you know DM them just have awesome conversations one person would lead me to another which would lead me to another which would lead me to someone I really look up to and you know you, you get the point I, I just kept doing this over time and. Um, yeah, I started, I got my book deal and everything because I, I, I sort of had this, um, you know, online kind of presence and things like that. And I, I found you know, uh, a publishing company, but also just like in terms of book sales and actually having a successful book, like I, again, I, I sort of you know, played the Twitter game and the LinkedIn game correctly. And, um, you know, very, very similar you know, communities that I'm a part of. And the book did really well. And then the book, you know, brought me to my VC career and my VC career got me to again where I am now. And, you know, I'm working on some some cool things with you know, sort of you know, media, Hollywood, kind of science related, and then, you know, the things in academia, as I said before, you know, the bio lab, um, which is again confidential. I wish I could tell you, you'll you'll probably <laughs> find out with next yeah you know, next month or so. But nonetheless, you, know, you get the point. Just like playing this online game is that um, it it all the serendipity that comes with it. Again, being online, being active, engaging with people, just being genuine and kind and you know to be constructive and helping people and even like one thing that i noticed was just like so life-changing for me personally that people did for me and now i, I do for others it's just like you're bringing people bringing up people's names when they're not in the room so I mean, if you're having a conversation with someone cool just like oh yeah you should connect with this person or that person because they're doing these things and you know, that person connects with them and then yeah you, know, you get this awesome sort of you know, synergy and collaboration between people who just like, never knew each other and that's literally how i got to where i am today so you know, again, it's just all maximizing serendipity, playing this great online game, as you as you called it, and it's worked for me. It brought me to my dream job. I think that you already kind of uh, developed a little bit this question, but do you think there's a like a, some general tips or considerations to play the great online game? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean yeah, it's exactly what I just said. It's you know, putting yourself out there, being being active on again, no matter what your medium of choice is, whether it's like being active on Twitter or having a blog or making YouTube videos or TikToks or something like that. Just, again, just like doing anything, going deep in whatever, you know, whatever interests you, whether it's, you know, filmmaking or biology or, I don't know, quantum computing or space, whatever it is, like anything, any, anything creative, just like, you know, put yourself out there, engage with people within that community, add, you know, give, give value to people before you ask for it in return. And again, you'll, you'll, you'll start to realize that so many good things will come out of it. Um, whether you're doing it for career interests and trying to get your, your dream job or whether you're trying to meet some sort of people or, or you know, get into some certain you know, group or whatever it may be. It's, it's always just, again, 
doing those things that I just said. And, and again, for, for you know, months and months, or, you know, weeks and months and whatever it may be, and, and you'll start to see some awesome change. And also one of the, I guess, good opportunities, as you mentioned, was the chance to, well, publish your book and to get into Lux. So you mentioned that um, the one of the co-founders of Lux uh, read one of your chapters of the book, but you didn't have much experience in VC back then. So what do you think that uh, this person saw or read in that book that led him to say yes? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, uh, the person I'm talking about was my previous boss, and um, yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I've, I interviewed him for my book a few times. Um, had conversations with him, um, but again, like to talk about the great online game, he, he, he tweeted this one day that hey, like, you know, he's thinking about hiring interns, and you know, would like to explore it. Right when I saw that tweet, I just like instantly wrote up an email. It's amazing email. I was just like, yeah, like I want to work for you for this, this, and this reason. I can add value in these, these ways. Never had a VC job, but I will hustle and I will do the re like. Yeah, I did the research into moonshot companies and stuff. Like I, I could, I could hustle for you. I just, I, I just, I just need a chance to prove myself, right? And he saw that. You know, he, he, he saw the potential in me, and I really appreciate that he did because <laughs> he ended up changing my that my whole career trajectory. And so, um, I, I guess what he saw in me was that you know I just, I just hustled, right? I don't really have any you know, special skills. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't even know how to code or anything. I'm not technical <laughs> in any way. Like. I don't have any you know, crazy science background. Um, like literally, I, I just recently started studying astrophysics. For the most part, I was a finance major, right? Like I, I, I had nothing really special, but in terms of skills, but I just had, I actually had a muscle, and I knew how to you know get what I wanted, and I you know get to the people I wanted, or get to the groups, or you know write about a certain thing, or just like learn about a certain thing. And, and I guess he saw that in me, and yeah, the rest is history. That's great. You had like this really a strong desire to work with him or with people at Logs, and he must yeah. have seen that. Also, also, do you think that, um, how do you see like this great picture of your life? Because I think that, well, for me, like being in high school and so on, it's like sometimes hard to visualize um, things at a large scale, I guess, and probably some people, you know, face the same problem. So seeing uh, this professionally, you know, in terms of working at a VC fund, you also mentioned that you want to work on policy making. Um, how do you visualize your plan? Yeah, yeah. So... When I think about my career roles, and and I guess this is a lesson on how I, I, how I think anyone should, um, you know, it comes down to a few things. The way that I considered it is is, and it's all like um, I didn't know this a priori like before I started writing my book, but after, I actually figured this out after I wrote my book. And one part of the book that I wrote is called I, I call it the deep tech ecosystem, right? All the different you know sort of inter kind of interconnected parts that sort of influenced you know, the, the, the production of moonshot companies or deep tech startups or whatever you want to call them. Um, so okay, what is that? It's, it's VC and, and sort of the investment world, the startups themselves, it's academia, it's government, and it's you know, media, entertainment, just like, you know, journalism, whatever it may be, just like media in general. And so I realized like, I want to impact those five buckets in, a, in, a, in such a meaningful way that I, I can you know, single-handedly inspire tons of people to make moonshot companies or I could invest in them or I could build them myself and incubate them or again, lead them or advise them or whatever it may be, just any way. I just want to go down in history as one who inspired and, and, and sort of sparked and started all these you know, really impactful companies that like, solved really big problems in the world. And so, you know, I, I wanted to be a master of those five parts. And so, you know, obviously I worked at Lux, that's my VC. Um, we're currently incubating a bunch of bio startups and, and we're actually incubating one bio startup at Lux. So that, that's sort of the startup game. Academia, the lab I was talking about, that's, that's the, the academic um, 
Um, government, government have done. I think, and I think that's maybe later down, down in my career because no one's going to trust a you know, twenty year old with with policy. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, and then media, you know, working on some some cool things. As, as I mentioned before, that is you know confidential at the moment. Um, but also, my book also counts as media. You know, yeah. and this, I, I, I sort of treat it as my my guiding principles. And so, yeah, you, know, you get the point. That's how I really just like, see my career going forward. And I think I can make the most impact if I could focus on those five areas. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I only started recently. Do yeah, within this past year or so, I right, formulate that kind of that, that sort of you know framework. So we'll see what happens. But again, at the end of the day, it's just about you know finding what makes you happy, what's productive in the world, what does the world like need, you know, what you know what your sort of you know, local community leader or whatever may be, you know. It, does it make you happy? Is there an impact? Like all these different things, like that. That that's what I sort of you know optimized for, and um, yeah, you just have to realize that the, the the money comes to you after once you just start you know focusing on what you once you start focusing on what makes you happy, like you'll realize that like, the money and, and and everything else, like everything superficial you want, it all comes after. And so that that's why I tell everyone, you know, these things to make you happy. As cheesy as it sounds, and honestly, that's very sort of you know not special advice. Like everyone knows you should do that, um, but. A lot of people don't do that, and, and True. <laughs> I hope they do it one day. So. That's very interesting because you looked like at the big picture of everything that you could do to make an impact, yeah. the kind of impact that you want, and then you kind of divide it in, in buckets, but then you're working on each one of these like somehow simultaneously, like you don't need to decide, uh, go for only one of them. So I really love that. <laughs> It's a great yeah, no, idea. It's, it's, it's funny you mention that because I, and a lot of people ask me, how do I have the time to do that? Or, or I mean, I ask myself, how do I have the, <laughs> the, 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 the mental energy and the physical energy to do so? And honestly, what I realized is that like, it's not all so different at the end of the day. It's, it's it, a lot of it is really, really, it, it overlaps a lot. I mean, like VC and startups obviously overlap. VC and media overlap. Startups and academia and, and, and VC overlap. So, so it's all sort of you know, building on top of each other. And yeah, you know, what I realized is that there's very low, like, I guess, like, I call it, like, mental switching costs. Mm -hmm. So, like, what I mean by that is, like, when I work on one thing, then go to the next and go to the next, it's not that much of a sort of a mental sort of strain on me because they're they're so similar. They're, I mean, they, they're literally, they work hand in hand. Um, if I was, you know, working on, you know, let's say a, a space startup, but then doing something in, like, you know, um, anything, like, I don't know, like, Bio. Uh, construction. <laughs> yeah. Or, or. I, I don't know, like I, you know, art. Like maybe I want to like draw something. I, like, you know, you, it's just a, a complete mindset shift. Mm -hmm. but the thing is, like everything that I'm doing, right, around deep tech, around scientific institutions, around media, all this different VC, whatever it may be, it's all one goal. It all leads to one goal, and it's to make, you know, to, to incubate, to invest in, and to support as many moonshots as I can. That's my 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 life's goal, and, and everything's released. Really that. Um, also, I'm just one person. I'm just a person who just like, you know. I just like go directly. Like, like I forgot who said this, but some, some, someone said this to me. Um, yeah, if you have like a certain goal or whatever, if you want to do something, just like you know, and, like you don't need to like you know, wait for something to happen. You don't need for you know to do something, then you can get, get to that sort of overarching thing. Like the context that I've heard this in is like I, I I remember meeting some founder who was like working on some like whatever kind of SaaS company, but then like you know he said after I build this software company, I want to work on a space company. I was just I was really wondering like. like why not just go for that space company already? Like, you know, we go mm -hmm. for what, what you genuinely just want to do instead of, you know, meandering right there. And I guess, I guess, like, being, just being direct like that is, is what worked for me. Um, again, like, I, I want to work in media and Hollywood and all these different things. I made an opportunity for myself there and I'm working on that right now. I want to improve scientific institutions and, you know, scientific publishing and all these different things. I'm doing that right now. I, I don't want to wait. I just want to do it. VC okay. specifically, like, like, it's hard to break into that industry, but again, 
I just wanted it so badly. So I was like, all right, let me just be a VC. Let me do the job of a VC without being a VC. Affirmed, you know, Lex realized that uh, I was you know, doing a job of VC and they sort of hired me. And so, you know, you get the point. I, yeah. I just go for it. And, 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 and you know, if I fail, I fail and I pivot and I learn from it and, and so be it. And talking about your role as a VC, I know that you helped, uh, I guess, incubate some companies, including a biotech company at Lux. And I wonder in more, well, a little bit more detail, how did your day-to-day look like in that time? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, you know, uh, obviously now I'm not sort of, you know, interning at Lux, but nonetheless, when I, when I was, um, you know, the incubation process is really cool. And this is more broadly, it's not just like Lux specific, but just like more broadly, I do see lots of VC firms are, are starting to incubate companies and whether it's to control their deal flow or whether it's to bring smart people to them and, you know, or whether just to build cool companies and stuff, like no matter what the motivation is, so there's, 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 there's tons of different ones, but, um, yeah, no, like I think incubation is, is going to be, you know, really, really normal going forward. And, um, is you know, it, it, it's pretty simple for the most part in coming creation. Well, not really, it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. So, so simple when you use like, you know, you find the, the, the experts and the scientists or the right founders behind it. Right. I, I'd say like, is this founder the right person in the entire world that can build this product or this company or whatever it may be. So it's finding them, right. Convincing them sort of, you know, thinking through product strategy and all these different things and, you know, if, 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 if all goes as planned, then you get to the stage where, you know, the, the founders can one day you know, be self-sustaining and then you sort of get spin them out of the company and you sort of you know, say you, you've incubated them. And so um, that's what exactly what I did, right? I, I sort of worked with found the founders, I identified some awesome ones, um, you know, thought through product strategy, all these different things. Obviously, I'm taking into their expertise into account because they're, the, they're going to be the founders. I'm not, I'm not going to be found in the company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got, just letting scientists do what they do best, right? The science. And we, the, the, the VC firms, help them with the business side of things. And, you know, the, the ultimate sort of result of that is that you have this really cool, really powerful startup that, again, from day one had, you know, support from really, really big players and really smart people. And, and so, yeah, that, that's, I think incubation is, is, is really, really cool. And I want to do more about that. I guess moonshot incubation, there's like really hard tech, you know, sometimes you feel like uh, there's a lot going on on the technical side. And I wonder yeah. as a VC, do you, how do you learn enough about something so you can make good decisions, but without like being an expert? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, like, same thing, same thing goes for my book. Like, I wrote the book to become an expert. I didn't become an expert then mm-hmm. write my book. And so it's a sim- similar concept where I, I feel like in VC, like it's, it's, it's really the survival of the fittest and the fittest are those who could really learn really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a new concept, a new technology, a new science, um, you know, a new business model or, you know, new customer, you know, psychology kind of concept or whatever, maybe anything, right? Yeah, you have to learn, you know, really quickly because again, VC is better than that. And so, um, you know, to, to learn what I do is, I mean, it, it comes down to a few things. One thing I like to say is that, you know, as people say, you know, you are what you eat. I like to think that the, the content that you sort of read about and, and, and watch and, and learn about or listen to or whatever it may be, the content that you take in is, is, is also what sort of comprises your mental models and your knowledge and everything. So again, you are what you eat, you know, you are what you sort of read or you are what you write or, or, or listen to or whatever it may be. So that's one thing. I sort of you know curated my 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 newsletters and my Twitter feed and all the conversations I had and whatever maybe around a certain topic. Once you you know get to the people there, you know you're you're surrounded by all these experts. Then you get you know you you, you sort of you, you start to feel network effects essentially. Like you know one person leads you to another, which leads you to another. I mean they they, they keep telling you about different concepts and different you know they teach you different things. Meanwhile all, you know all, meanwhile like, you know you're whether I'm reading uh, you know 
tons of articles or tons of research papers or I like to, I have another thing I like to do is um, you know read the primary sources of you know various technologies or sciences so like you know preprints or research papers or you know various articles or content by certain scientists things like that so you know I, I, I read the right things or things I hope are right um, you know speak to awesome people and, and sort of you know, speak to experts and academics and founders and whatever it may be and um, you know at the end of the day the, the, you got doing that for you know weeks and months on end like you, you end up learning a lot about um, yeah, industry. So from what I hear, it's not like a, you know, a single path. It's just like involving yourself in the environment. And also your role yeah. was uh, pretty focused on who, not what, like once the technology works, you worry about the who, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when it comes to startups, for example, it all comes down to the who, like as in like the who's leading this company, like are they the right people in this world to, to build this company? Are they going to be, you know, are they going to minimize execution risk? Like, it, like it, is there any sort of, you know, hesitation in, in like, is this the right team to, you know, do whatever, you know, make whatever breakthrough, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, everything comes down to people, whether it's, you know, your career or the, the um, you know, relationships you have or the work that you do in startups or otherwise, um, I, I think it always goes down to people. So, yeah. Awesome. And finally, uh, to kind of, yeah, conclude, I was reading this article on your website that talked about uh, just like some ideas it was called I think uh, don't be surprised if I build one day or something like that and I I was really intrigued by the first idea uh, that had to do with like I guess uh, this side of academic journals and uh, publishing and scientists being uh, probably rewarded for it instead of having to uh, probably pay yeah. high fees. So I find that idea to be very interesting and I don't know uh, have you seen anything similar or how did this um, how, how did you come to this realization? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything groundbreaking again. Like, yeah. I, I was just having tons of conversations with, you know, various scientists and sort of my friends and whatever, and I've noticed that, you know, it, the whole journal and, and scientific publishing process is just so corrupt. It, it just sucks, and everyone hates it, right? Yeah. And so I just thought, like, you know, you, you have tools like Substack and Medium and, and Ghost and whatever it may be, and then you have this, un, you know, this, this giant, you know, kind of problem in the in, in scientific publishing where everyone just hates the entire process and you know all these like major kind of journals they, they control they, they monopolize the entire thing and you know, yeah, yeah it's just you know tons of different you know, incentives are messed up and the processes and whatever it may be and so that was like all right like, you know, what if you can just um yeah make some like a, like a substack like tool for scientific publishing and everything and it was also inspired by you know this notion that like i think to make progress we need to increase the social status of scientists so you know inspire more people to solve you know to pursue certain science and to solve big problems and whatever it may be if we could you know make scientists like hold them to like a really high regard and more people will want to become scientists and more people will want to build some some cool stuff or research some cool things and whatever it may be and so um similar to that like if you could increase the salaries of scientists and you know, just make them tons of money and again the, the the value that they that they create through their research most of it is captured by the journals it doesn't actually go to the scientists yeah. and so i was just like all right like this is this like clear kind of thing where if you could give scientists this you know stellar source of income get give them the distribution give them the sort of the notoriety and the the the, 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 the essentially the credit and you know the, the the rightful value of the research that they make that would do amazing things for science it would do amazing things for our society and you know sort of you know scientific and technological progress as we know it um, so I don't know, that, that's just you know, an idea I was playing around with. I was a little bit naive as I learned more about the space. It's, it's not as simple as a thought, but oh, really? nonetheless, it, it might be something that I, I want to do one day. 
Because I really resonate with that idea. I also find like it's just maybe sort of changing the business model, right? As you say, it's nothing like super, uh, I guess, technological. But I, I yeah. wonder if you think uh, there are any barriers to like, why, why isn't nobody doing this? Uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, um, there are some people that are doing it. The thing is that lots of people are experimenting with different ways of doing science. It's called like meta science, the whole meta science and open science community. Um, lots of people are trying different things. Things that lots, lots of these things take time, and you know you need these large time scales. And and you know it's been mostly it hasn't really been like a recent phenomenon, but nonetheless, like maybe I'd say in the last 20 years, that people actually started to notice that you know publishing and 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 sort of the scientific process is kind of messed up mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of your journals and whatnot. And so, again, it's like a relatively recent thing. And specifically with the research timelines, I mean, these things take forever. And so, I mean, I mean I'm sure there's tons of other, you know, more, more you know, kind of integral kind of uh, reasons. Um, but nonetheless, you know, lots of people are thinking about it. It just takes a long time to see the effects of various kinds of, uh, you know, different alternatives. Um, so we'll see what happens in a few years, I guess, hopefully. So. Let's see. I love that on that article, by the way, and reading your blog, it's great. Um, so yeah, just like uh, two more quick questions to course, yeah. end this episode. Uh, you most likely know this one. Something that you truly believe in that many people would disagree with you on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I'd like to say that one can't believe science. And, and that's a very political statement in this day and age. And I don't mean that in like a, you know, oh, like do masks really work? Obviously like, like please wear a mask. Like, what I mean by, you know, believe in science or, or do, do, you, do you trust science that tons of breakthroughs and tons of discoveries and everything came from not believing in science and not believing in the status quo. And then, you know, thus discovering this you know, brand new breakthrough or you know, this new way of doing things or whatever it may be. And so when I hear that statement, I, and I see so many people throwing it around, like, yeah, believe science, like, you know, this has to be true, or this is whatever, like, it, it, it sort of reminds me that people, you know, are sheep, or are first person, yeah, like, they, they, they blindly, you know, trust whoever they're sort of listening to, and no one, no one is seeking to, you know, challenge the validity of certain concepts or things or whatever it may be, anything, right, just everything in general. And so that's what I would say, is that, surely, I, I'm all for, I'm, I'm a, I would like to be considered, you know, someone who supports science and, and you know, does major things for science. But um, when it comes down to, you know, trusting everything and, and, and really, really just, um, you know, believing in something, I want to do the actual work behind, you know, and, and the actual diligence behind seeing does this actually make sense, does it actually, is it actually effective, and whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, so that's one thing I would say. Um, it's not always best to, quote, unquote, believe science, as people say. That's so interesting. Uh, I recently read an article uh, related to that, and it's a very interesting concept to actually, uh, I don't know, be more empirical, I guess. <laughs> and then yeah. the other question is, if you could tweet something that the whole world read, what would that be? It's the book I wrote, you know, let's go make some moonshots. Like, cool. like for real, like, I honestly captured all of my thoughts and all my sort of your learnings and everything I want the world to be. Like, I put that into that book, and it, it, I mean, like, that book is like literally a part of me. And so again, I like if there's one thing I would say to everyone is let's go make some moonshots. There's so many problems out there that needs to be solved. Um, I'm already working on it. So many people I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. Amazing things are happening. Like I'm, I'm so happy right now. Like I, I genuinely just like, am enjoying the work I do. And everyone I know that's doing all these things, like they're just doing amazing. And so you know, like like so many things to be solved. So many things to be done. Like you know, let's get to it. And then again, make some moonshots at the end of the day. We'll definitely need to have another conversation once I read that book, and I promise I will, because, <laughs> yeah, it's...
It, it, I'm sure it's good. So thanks again for coming, Rahul. I really appreciate all the, I guess, insights that you shared with us. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This wraps it up. Thank you very much for listening for, to this episode of the Obio podcast. I hope that this has been insightful for anyone who's not into venture capital or probably for young people who want to make their dent into the universe, as Steve Jobs would say, by creating some moonshots. So yes, it's time to make some moonshots and it's time to grow. Mm-hmm.